0: Fatherhood is fascinating. One day, you're dad of the year, and
1: the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Welcome to Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad, and I'm excited that you have decided to join us today. I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource for dads. You know, seven years ago when I found out that I was going to be a dad, my wife Terry and I, we have a seven-year-old daughter named Naomi, um, you know, I just went out and looked for things to help me, you know, be great. Most of the resources that I found are for moms and there just weren't as many resources for dads. And so at that time I said, you know what, I should start something. And, and finally, seven years later, back in March, we launched it and we're going strong and I thank you for joining us today. You know, my goal is to help us, right, is to help us grow as as partners, as parents, and as people, and the conversations that we have on here are designed to just open our eyes to look at things that maybe we haven't considered. We do two podcasts every week. The one you're listening to now is, is the more traditional one, and this is where I talk to an expert about something that we should think about. Every Thursday, we do our dad talk episodes, and that's where I talk to a dad about being a dad, so make sure you check out those too. And, um, and, and the goal is just to help us kind of think differently because I find that our world opens up when we do that. So we're going to have a cool conversation today. And then at the end of the podcast, my seven-year-old Naomi will join us to share her thoughts in the kid's corner. It's my favorite part she does every Monday. So today we're going to have a conversation that's 30 years in the making. We're talking to Dr. Mark Greenberg, he's a professor emeritus from Penn State University, and they've done this study for 30 years, starting with with a group of five-year-olds, 30 years ago, who were entering kindergarten. And they looked to see, can we tell, at that early age, how successful someone's going to be as they get older? Well, it turns out, they can. They can tell, based on how well these kindergartners connected, made friends, and got along with others, has shown up later in life in their success. Now, I wanna be real clear. It doesn't mean that if your kindergartner is not making friends in school and getting along with others, it means that they're gonna have all sorts of problems growing up. What it means is we should know that as parents so we can work with them and help them grow and connect and make friends and get along. And the research is fascinating as we look at just social and emotional development in kids, and how important that is, and their educational process in school growing up, and how important it is we look at it at home, because it definitely has a long-term effect. So I'm excited to jump in and look at it today, and I trust that you'll enjoy it as well. Dr. Greenberg, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Glad to join you today, James. So the, your research is really interesting, because I, I mean, basically what you guys were able to go and do is say, you can tell a lot you know, you can get a long-term outlook of a lot of stuff just by kind of looking at kids at kindergarten and measuring a few things, right?
0: Well, yes, uh, you know, children's early social-emotional development is, is a very important part of their lives. And uh, we have found that that uh, by using a simple eight-item teacher rating uh, in kindergarten about children's ability to get along with others, to show self-control, manage their impulsivity, et cetera, uh, that eight-item measure uh, predicted uh, uh, all the way to age 25 um, what we'd call successful outcomes in life. So let me give you a few examples. We found that uh, teacher how teachers rated children in their social-emotional development. Is, 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 is mostly Most importantly, I think, is the ability to get along with others and, and develop good friendships. Uh, and children that were able to do that uh, during, the, during the kindergarten year were more likely to uh, graduate from high school, less likely to be in special education during their, their 12 years in, uh, in public school, to uh, less likely to be arrested or in prison, uh, less likely to be on, on, uh, on public support, and more likely to, uh, to uh, be successful graduating from high school and graduating from college.
1: Yeah, because you track this over, what, a 20-year time frame.
0: Right, right. These are children we began to study in, uh, in four cities in the nation, in Nashville, Tennessee, Durham, North Carolina, three smaller towns in rural Pennsylvania, and uh, in Seattle, Washington. And, uh, and uh, tracked them from age uh, 5 to age 25. In fact, now we're studying them again at age 30.
1: So is there anything when you've looked at this over the 20-year the span that really surprised you or stood out to you?
0: Well, you might say, it might say, James, that, well, um, gee, it's not really the teacher rating of children's social emotional development. It might be their, um, uh, did they grow up in poverty or versus being middle class? Uh, were they in a two-parent home versus a single-parent home? Uh, what kind of neighborhood did they live in? Um, you might say, well, maybe it's just a matter of how intelligent they are, that the kids that are more intelligent are going to end up doing better. But we did very careful statistical no- analysis that basically um, took account of all those things. We took account of the quality of family life, the neighborhood, uh, were they in a single-parent home. All those things were already, um, uh, already had predicted the outcome before we finally said, okay, now knowing all those other things, how does the teacher rating, and uh, in, in kindergarten predict their their outcomes and even after accounting for everything uh, race social economic status single parent family home quality of the neighborhood uh, children's IQ uh, Even their behavior problems after we account for all those other things We still find that children's ability to get along with others their social emotional competence uh, predicted these outcomes
1: That's absolutely- and that's powerful Well, yeah, it is. I was gonna say, it's absolutely fascinating. Why is it so powerful?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, if you've ever hung around in elementary school, uh, you find that uh, during the day, children accumulate in the office. And they accumulate in the office because they've got troubles in their classroom where they did something they shouldn't. Teacher uh, didn't want to keep them in the classroom for that period of time, or they um, got into a fight on the playground. And um, when you see the kids that are lined up in the office because they need to see the counselor or the principal, it's never because of their IQ or their, their reading ability. It's almost always because of their ability to regulate themselves. And so this ability to, to show effective emotion regulation, we know as adults, uh, affects everything that we do. It affects the quality of our relationships with our, our spouses and close friends. It affects our relationships with our children. It affects our relationships at work. And as as, uh, my friend Dan Goldman said many years ago, really uh, the ability to regulate your emotions is a master skill. It underlies the ability to do almost everything else. And so uh, the earlier children learn to regulate their emotions well, to uh, learn how to become friends with others, learning how to not only just make friends, but how to make up with friends. The ability to think ahead, plan ahead. All these skills are uh, are important and by the time children get to school they start to have a big impact on the, on their ability to uh to get along with others but also to engage in in their schoolwork because to the extent that they're unhappy or distracted or can't control their impulses they're less likely to be able to be engaged in school to, to develop good friendships uh to have kids to play with uh and uh as we know having children to play with uh is the most important thing uh for for children uh it might not be for the adults around them, but it sure is for the kid.
1: I mean, Mark, there's a lot that we can unpack here. This this could be a podcast episode that lasts hours. So I want to make sure we get to, <laughs> sure. Well, the well, because there is you got 20 years of stuff to look at, and there's so many things. I mean, the bottom line is we've got to help our kids have have a, a, you know awareness about their EQ and to allow them to be able to just build relationships in a good way. So what advice, I guess, would you give? You know, I have a second grader. She seems to get along with people. So I'm feeling good. I'm liking your study and she makes friends easily. So I'm, I'm ready for her to figure out my retirement. Um, I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if, um, you know, I, I guess, what advice would you give to parents that are on both sides of this? Somebody like me who has a, a child that makes friends easily and gets along well and, and regulates that. So, what advice would you give us and then what advice would you give to parents that go wait a minute you know okay my kid has an opportunity when it comes to this
0: well i, th- I think uh let's th- let's step back a little bit um but we found that by the age of five or six uh, uh uh children's pathways are pretty strongly set that doesn't mean first of all that that uh, children can't change in fact we can talk about social emotional learning programs in schools and their effects uh, maybe in a few minutes But we should think about what happens before age five that leads children to uh, to uh, uh, be better or or worse at their social, emotional competencies, their ability to get along with others, to control their emotions, to uh, control their impulses, to think ahead, etc. And we know that uh, children that have secure attachments in their early years, in the the first two or three years of life, are more likely to be those kids that have better social, emotional competencies when they get get to school. So parents who are, are sensitive, responsive to their children's needs, uh, a, a model uh, effective emotion regulation themselves, are more likely to have kids that are going to turn out that way. Now we know there's lots of other factors other than other than just parenting that influence this. Of course, there are genetic factors, or what we might call children's temperaments. And um, as a parent of two two children, you you uh, you begin to realize that. Um, uh, their differences in temperament are very important to, uh, to how they how they behave and what their outcomes are like. And, and children really vary a lot in temperament in the same family. So while children's temperaments are important, we know that even for children that are more shy, or children that are more outgoing, children that are, are more impulsive, that um, when we teach them social emotional skills, they can improve. So when we think about a child, let's say uh, in your daughter's classroom who, Maybe is uh, a bit, little bit grumpy. Doesn't get as long, well, as at, along as well with friends uh, who may be more impulsive. For example, talking out a lot in the classroom when it's probably not the right time, etc. We know that uh, that social emotional learning programs, which are now very popular in uh, many school districts in the nation, including Tampa, are are have been instituting high quality, evidence based social emotional learning programs. We know that those programs can improve children's uh, social-emotional competence. We, we know that just like we can teach children uh, reading or math, we can teach children the skills and the attitudes that help them to get along better with others.
1: And so what are some ways that we can do that?
0: Well, uh, I've, I'm the developer of a program called the PASS Curriculum. Uh, it's a program on social and emotional learning. It's been used in uh, over, over 3,000 schools around the world. Uh, but there's an organization I'm one of the founders of called CASEL, uh, the Collaborative for Academic, Social and Emotional Learning, uh, org, which is based in Chicago. And it's an organization that provides information to schools and to parents worldwide on what are the quality social emotional learning programs that exist and how schools can work to implement them effectively. And part of implementing effectively is not only giving good training to teachers and having high-quality lessons in the classroom, but it's also working with parents because parents are an essential part of the formula of good education.
1: Yeah, so what would you say to a parent then who wants to help their kids, you know, really get better when it comes to, you know, social and and emotion? What are some tips you'd give us?
0: Well a couple of tips I give you is that um uh, first of all that um, your your own behavior is the most important thing, and that is how you model your ability to get along with others how you, how you get along in your in your marriage or with your friends uh, uh, your ability to to manage your own impulses and to demonstrate healthy behaviors is is the most important thing uh, unquestionably the case because children are watching us all the time and they're learning how to behave what's what's important and what's allowable. Uh, by watching their parents and we we all know that uh, as both parents and uh, because we can remember what it was like as children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and So uh, we know that, uh, for example, that um, uh, high conflict uh, in marriages uh, has a big effect on, on children's behavior and children who are in marriages in which there's a lot of overt fighting and conflict and mean behavior between uh, husbands and wives our children are much more likely to have problems regulating their emotions and and learning how to get along with others because they've seen a model that's not very effective. So first thing I think is how we live our own lives is important. And our ability to, to regulate our emotions, to communicate clearly, to be kind and thoughtful is, is the, probably the most important thing. Secondly, we can, we can use certain techniques. So, uh, for example, in the PADS curriculum, we have, we have techniques we use to help children uh, learn to calm down so they can make good decisions. An example for, uh, for children in kindergarten or first grade is uh, what we call doing turtle. We have a, a metaphorical story about a turtle, and this turtle uh, named Twiggle has a lot of problems, just like most kids do. Sometimes he's impulsive. Sometimes he isn't listening to his friends. And he learns how to uh, control himself by going inside a shell. Uh, and that's just a, a, a metaphor for how to calm down and take some deep breaths. So you have pause between your impulse to do something and your ability to plan ahead and think, what should I really do? What would be the right thing to do in a situation? And we tell the story a number of times about the turtle and children love it. And, and then they learn to do turtle, which is really just crossing their arms. Uh, across their body when they feel they're about ready to do something that they shouldn't or when they need to just take a take a deep breath and calm down because maybe they're feeling very angry, maybe they're feeling very sad, etc. And uh, parents can do the same thing at home. They can uh, use the idea of the turtle and parents can, uh, can cross their own arms and calm down when they feel uh, angry or upset or frustrated and then say how they feel. So the ability to recognize and say how you're feeling in a relatively calm way rather than yelling uh, is something that you can do once you recognize that you're, you're upset uh, and, uh, and you begin to calm down. And language is critical for children. So children who have a better ability to recognize and talk about their feelings are more likely to be socially and emotionally healthy and to get along better with others keys here are to two things. One is to be able to stop and calm down when one's feeling upset. And the second thing is when you've been able to become a bit calmer is is to talk about how it is that you're feeling and then think ahead and plan, what can I do about it? These are cognitive abilities that take time to develop and they result from both modeling by parents and things that we can teach children also in schools.
1: you're talking about is awareness we we're we've got to be aware ourselves first of all as parents when we're getting upset so that we can go into the shell right think about the feelings and talk about it so that we can teach our children awareness about when they're becoming upset because what what i'm hearing you say is the ones who just can't become aware and and can't just kind of relax for a second and then respond I mean, this is not just a five-year-old being a five-year-old. The, the, the inability to recognize that could have a long-term impact.
0: That's right. Exactly. I, I think you've, you've put it very well, James.
1: So, okay, if, 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 if I don't know, I, I guess maybe my school doesn't have anything like that, and it's on me. I mean, you're saying it's, it, I've got to be the one. I've got to lead by example at home and have these conversations, and that's going to help my child be able to recognize it and pause and slow down.
0: That's right. That's okay. exactly the case.
1: What if I have a 12-year-old? I mean, if I have a 12-year-old and they, you know, they struggle with this, they get angry, you know, they can lose it. I mean, they're not 5 and I I look, I, you're not saying your research is not saying that at 5 years old we've determined whether or not your child's going to be successful. What you've said is here's some data that can help you become aware of what to work on and what not. So let's say my kid's 12 and I'm just learning about this. What advice would you give?
0: Well, I, I guess a couple things. First of all, I would recognize that uh, just like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old has a lot of emotions all day long, uh, so do twelve-year-olds. And uh, learning to 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 help them accept their emotions and separate their emotions from their behavior is important. So when a when a uh, when a twelve-year-old boy or girl gets very angry, uh, they um, they may do things that, that they later regret, just like we as adults often do things when we're angry that we later regret. And so helping them just to validate their feelings, first of all, to, to let them know that feeling angry is normal, that uh, they can talk about uh, feeling angry rather than just acting it out, and that um, anger is something that they can deal with. It, it isn't overpowering. It doesn't need to be scary, uh, that, uh, that you as a parent are there to talk to them when they're ready. Uh, and uh oftentimes, when people are angry, the other people get angry. so when children get angry, at, uh, it often, uh often sparks us to become angry ourselves and then you know what things happen is things begin to escalate and gets into a giant argument, and bad outcomes usually occur in families when they are when people are upset and they begin to argue yeah, and so yeah. we want we want to short circuit that and one way to short circuit that is that is to notice that you're child is angry, and, and to say, you know, if I were in your shoes right now, I'd probably be feeling very angry. Uh, and and when you're, we're really angry, it's not a really good time to talk about this. Let's both take a break. And then let's talk about what, ha- what, ha- what happened. So we're modeling the idea that uh, we recognize how we're feeling. We model the advice of calming down first, because uh, when people are very upset, they do things they regret and and letting them know that um that when the time is right when he's calmer or you're calmer it, it's time to have a discussion
1: about this yeah we are the example as parents this is why it's called parenting and so we, right. <laughs> yeah we get to take the lead and we get to, to to be the example what final advice would you give to these dads just just that they should know based on your years of research and and studying this
0: well that 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 as you said there's two things when children have poor social emotional abilities their the abilities to get along with their friends, etc uh, it's a risk factor for for later poor outcomes it't it not it does not determine things It's it's a risk factor, just like we think about uh, diet as a risk factor for heart disease it's something we want to notice it's a warning sign, and we want to work to improve it and parents fathers can do things at home. That, uh, as we've said, by modeling effective behaviors, but they also can be advocates in schools and their communities for helping helping children. And uh, as the social emotional learning movement has grown rapidly over the last five to 10 years, and now school districts around the nation are adopting social emotional learning programs, it's important for parents to be active with their schools. And if your school, for example, doesn't have one for your daughter, I'd be going to the school and asking, uh, what's the plan for social emotional learning in in, in my child's school? And being an advocate for this being an important part of education, just as important as as reading or math or science and technology is the ability for us to get along with others and learn how to engage in, in our attention and learning. And when we're upset or distracted, we're not feeling we belong to the, uh, well at the school, with, that we can trust teachers and that, uh, that we're going to have good outcomes, if we don't feel those things, we're not likely to engage very effectively in learning because we're distracted and unhappy. And so helping children to, to uh, learn how to regulate those emotions, to feel that they belong, that the school is a caring place for them, especially as they get older, is critical to uh, having successful outcomes.
1: Well, I think you've given us great advice today to think about and probably something we've not thought about before. We go to schools, so we can learn to read and write and do well. And really, you're saying that our ability just to get along with people and handle our emotions is just as important as knowing what two plus two is.
0: That's right. It's the master skill. And if you look in an in, in industry in the United States, what you'll see is that uh, leaders of uh, large corporations are very much behind this idea because they know that the reason that uh, people don't progress often at work is not because of their technical skills, their, uh, their computer skills or other kinds of technical skills, but their ability to work well with others, especially to work well in groups because so much of work uh, in the adult world is, is problem solving in, in groups. And, and if you have an inability to learn, to know how to work well with others, to manage conflict uh, at, uh, at the work site or at your office, uh, you're likely not to succeed, not like not likely to progress. And we see that people that progress further in their jobs are not necessarily people that have the best technical skills, but have the best people skills.
1: Hey, you want your boss to like you, you want your coworkers to like you and connect with you, and then we're going to work together to succeed. If they don't like you and you're the best on the planet, uh, you, you're probably not going to work out.
0: That's right. That's right. So when we think about what what's most important to us as parents. Uh, for our children, we want our children to be happy. We want them to get along well with others. We want them to reach their potential, and to do that, we want to make sure that they can engage in learning, that they um, that they can manage their impulses, they can use their thinking skills effectively, no matter what situation they're in. And guess what? That's that's the 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 task of social emotional learning is to learn how to use your cognitive abilities, your thinking skills, your planning skills, your awareness. Uh, to reach your potential.
1: So uh, parents can go to castle.org C-A-S-E-L.org, and pull up some info. In fact, you even have a link of, of uh, some of the top books for parents to read and other things. Where do we find that's the strange. story of the turtle? This is such a great story. Where can we find <laughs> that? Well, that's
0: part of the PAS curriculum, and if you Google PAS curriculum, you'll, you'll come to it. Uh, I, I should say that that's one curriculum I've been associated with, but there, there are other evidence-based high-quality curriculum and of course you can find those also at castle.
1: That's fantastic. Well, uh, Dr. Mark Greenberg, thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. You've ad- you've added a lot of value to our parents today. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much,
1: James. My pleasure. So here's the takeaway for me. Let's help our kids. Let's be purposeful about how we're helping them Learn to get along with others, play with others, interact with others. Let's be curious about what our schools are doing so that in addition to learning math and reading and numbers and the alphabet and all that kind of stuff, that, that we you know, know what their plans are to teach kids how to you know get along, get better when it comes socially or emotionally you know, you know, we're going to have outbursts and challenges and and, and problems. And how do we handle those? How do we use those as teachable moments? There's a lot here. We can really set our kids up to win. And I also love that he said, look, maybe it's not a kindergartner. Maybe your kid's in sixth grade and still has this as an issue. We can work together. And there's a lot of programs out there for you. He gave you a couple right there um, in the interview that would be good resources to go to. You know, and I find that as a parent, um, we have to remember they're watching us. If we struggle in getting along, if we struggle in connecting, if, in other words, if our social and emotional skill set isn't that great, then we should probably make that an area of focus if we'd like for our kids to be good at it as well. Because they're always watching us, right? Parents, you live in a fishbowl and they're paying attention. Well, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every podcast, and that is with a visit to the Kids' Corner. And it's kind of fun because we're talking about making friends and connecting and and your social and, and emotional intelligence. And here we are in a new school year, and Naomi has just gone to a new school. She went to one school for kindergarten and first grade, and in second grade started a brand new school this week. And that's what she wants to talk about on the podcast. So here she is, Naomi, with the Kids' Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello,
0: this is Naomi Shaw, and today we are gonna talk about going to a new school. So, I've been to a new school this year, actually, and it's really fun. It's like one of the best things ever. I just love that place. I'm making new friends, they're all so fun. There's this one guy in my class, and he's, like, my best friend. I felt nervous, and how I felt through that, I, like, just went through and, like, breath in, out. That's it for Emily's Corner. Have a great day. Bye.
1: There's your answer. Just breath in and breath out. When you're doing something new, it'll help you. There's times, I'm going to be honest, there's times that she comes in and does these podcasts, and you sit and look at her and smile and go, I'm proud of her. And today's one of those times. I want to thank you for listening. I I just, I so appreciate it. My goal again over the last seven months has just been to add value to you, to give you some content that will help you grow as a parent, as a partner, as a person. And I trust that we're doing that every single week. So I'm going to thank you for listening. If you liked today's podcast, would you do me the biggest favor on earth? and share it with somebody. Share it with someone that you know that would see value in it. Um, And you can include us in that on on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're there. Just search Positively Dad. You'll find us. Um, Rate us, too, wherever you're listening. We love five stars and reviews. You know, we're in the beginning of this journey of getting this message out there. And quite frankly, you are the ones that get it out. You sharing it with people and letting them know about it is what brings more people into this Positively Dad family. And so I want to thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing. Make sure you tune in Thursday. We'll have a new dad talk for you that's going to be awesome so that you can just, we can figure out what other dads are experiencing and what they're doing. We can grow together there. And uh, and then we'll see you online as well, PositivelyDad.com. I'm James Shaw. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.